This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday sermon. I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast. Hey, John, since we're um, now going online right now, and actually we're doing this video thing as well, um, I've downloaded some of the apps that you talked about to make me look better. Oh, yeah. How's it it working? Yeah. It's not going so well. Yeah. Are you running one right now? That's the real question. Like, is there an app that's... I I am not. This is this is who I am. What you, you see, what you get. Um, even a, there's a disclaimer in their app saying, you know, we can't we can't perform miracles. So yeah, is, is, does it actually say that? Did you look it up? <laughs> no, no, I just oh. around. <laughs> I think <laughs> that, that would have been right. That would have been funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. funny. So no, I, yeah, I, I have not I, downloaded anything yet. And for those that didn't hear the sermon, what what Johnny's talking about is there's apps you can download on your on your phone like Slim Me or Perfect Me or 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 whatever that that uh, are designed to take pictures and you input them and it edits them like you can you know lose your 10 or 15 pounds in that picture or clear up whatever imperfections in your face like apps to make you look better than you really look it's a lot easier than actually dieting and exercising yeah right you yeah. sit on your couch with your doritos your bag of doritos or your nachos or your pizza or whatever it is and then just sit there and take photos and slim yourself oh yeah we can't get rid of that the Dorito cheese dust though. I've noticed that you can't get rid of that. So, you know, I, I need I need I need my bathroom mirror to to do that as well. And then also, I think just my clothing to kind of tell me, hey, look, uh, you know, these pants aren't as tight as they feel. You know, that's my problem is well, the waist. I yeah. We watched we watched Back to the Future the other day. Uh, the the second or third one, whatever one, where they go into the future and they have, you know, he has the jacket and he, and he like pulls a string or pushes a button or something and they're like the sleeves out, everything automatically adjusts. So oh, you nice. need one of those, one of the, that's your clothing, right? You just push a button and it automatically adjusts. So if you gain 15, little, months, you don't even notice. We're a little tight in the midsection. Let's go ahead and let out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'll never know what my true waist size is. That's right. Hopefully it doesn't, hopefully it never reports what actual, the actual waist size is. Right. <laughs> um, but no, you're, we're in episode 71, right. Um, and you talked about, we're still in the final days of Jesus and the sermon title was the lies that we tell ourselves. And oh, uh, I, I can you kind of talked about having that app and, and how we do, I think we do kind of feel like uh, that we, you know, I don't know. It's kind of funny. Cause I'm, I'm a little bit different. Um, I am hyper aware of my faults. I don't, I don't try to disguise them or, or I don't try to think I cover them. I guess I, I guess I probably cover things up, but I'm aware of it. I don't tell myself, Oh no, you're, you're good. You're good. I kind of go the opposite way. I think you think that, but I I bet you lie to yourself. Everybody does. We all lie to ourselves. We really do. And I, I try to be pretty aware too, but we all have these blind spots and it's, and it's, we either justify them or, you know, whatever we have blind spots about ourselves. And I'll give you that. Even, even if maybe you're, maybe you're more aware than, than a lot of people, but I I think even the most aware person probably has some blind spots, some areas where they've lied to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're probably right. And I, I think it was definitely a good sermon. Um, especially, you know, some questions that really popped up that, uh, because of all this kind of stuff, but I'm just going to jump right in, John. Um, it's a little late you to jump right in. <laughs> well, you, well, jump right into the questions. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna jump right into the questions. Now um, I'm going to jump into the questions. <laughs> now I'm going to actually get to the, to the meat of this conversation here. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned Judas, right? Yeah. Um, Judas and his, you know, obviously his betrayal and whatnot. And 
definitely the lies he, I mean, have, he had a lie. He was probably telling himself and, and whatnot. But do you think Judas showed any evidence of being a believer, John? Well, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to, I think the regret maybe, you know, he certainly had mm-hmm. a conscience. Now, was it regret because Jesus was the Messiah? Was it regret because it didn't matter whether it was Jesus or not? He turned his back on somebody and they were going to go, they were going to die. You know, I, it's hard to know. I don't, I don't know. If, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I will leave the judgment to God. You know what I mean? Um, That's a wise thing to do. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously not good that he committed suicide. It's not, um, you know, was there a sense of remorse? Did he realize who Jesus was and just, but it was still overcome by grief and, and whatever that he killed himself anyways. Like, I, I don't, I don't know, you know, Catholics especially, and maybe some others believe that if you commit suicide, you can't, you know, you don't go to heaven. Um, I, I don't find that in scripture anywhere. There's nowhere that I know of that teaches. And I've read the entire book. And I've never run across a scripture that clearly of the Bible, the book of the Bible. Bible. Yeah. Uh, And I've never run across a a scripture that clearly teaches that if you commit suicide, that you're going to hell or anything. But um, why, why would they, I was going to ask you that. So why would they, why would somebody say that? I mean, there's probably an argument for it. The only thing that I can think of is, you know, there's, of course, Catholics have different levels of sin, right? And murder would be one of the worst and that's self murder. You know, that's what mm-hmm. suicide is. It's self-murder. And so I think that probably has something to do with it. Um, I, I'm not I'm not really super well-versed on Catholic theology when it comes to this, but I, people with Catholic backgrounds certainly have in, in the past asked me about that. And, um, you know, and, and I just, it's not in scripture. So I don't, I'm, I'm not going to say that you, you can't or whatever, you, you can't be saved or something, but um, um so, so could Judas have been? I, I think he could have been. Was that a sin? You know how he ended his life. Of course it was, but I don't. You know, but I'll, I'll leave that judgment up to God for sure. Yeah, and I, I, I think I would agree too. I mean, obviously, we don't ever want to take our own lives or whatever. Um, but in re- in reality, I mean, when if you're that if you're hurting that much, I mean, definitely there's there's definitely a, mat- a maturity that's lacking in there. Um, because I mean, when that's the pain. A- that's an awfully nice way to put it. Um, but, yeah, but when there's so much pain yeah. and you don't know how to deal with it, as you, if you can push through that pain and push through, because we all have that, you know, that that we all have, we all we're all hurting, we're all lacking in in different ways, and if we can push through it, mature through that kind of stuff, um, you know, yeah. I'm not saying that it's immature to do that, but I think if you can. If you can just find, I mean, and everyone has a different level. It's a hard topic to, to address. It, it's but in reality, weird. though. But you know, here, here's what I, here's what I believe. By the way, my, I'm outside in my backyard, and my dog is here, and he ran into something, and he freaked out. So if you're wondering what just happened, why all of a sudden my attention went over here, and you heard yeah, me. You're, just, but, you're uh, being it. You're uh, the manifestation of the coronavirus is he's coming after you, John. Yeah, something like that. But when it comes to the suicide issue, here's the thing: the the gospel is 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 Jesus saving us from our sin and we receive his righteousness. And as, as a friend of mine, uh, Greg Steer used to say, um, you know, when you, when you put your faith and trust in him, you receive eternal life now, not at some point in the future, you've got eternal life now. And if you've got eternal life now, then you can't by definition lose it. Um, and so I, so I think when it comes to the suicide issue, I would approach it the same way. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus, if, if, G, if Judas did that, if he trusted Jesus as his Lord and Savior, then he's saved. That's it. 
the, uh, mm-hmm. his suicide doesn't change that. Um, it's tragic. It's and his horrible. betrayal, his betrayal didn't change that. Right. And his betrayal didn't even change it. That's right. So, so, so just so we're clear on, 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 on I think what scripture teaches about that, um, you know, scripture, scripture teaches that, you know, you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you receive eternal life. It doesn't, um, there isn't a, a losing of that, of that eternal life. There's, there's a perseverance of the saints that is required, but for the person who's trusted Christ, um, that they will persevere. Yeah. And, and you know, I, there's a, there's a, if you compare Judas and, and Peter, they both essentially betrayed Jesus in some way, Of course, whether it was for money and, and the life of Jesus. And then the other with Peter was not knowing him and, and just saying, I, I don't know who you're talking about. And, and obviously there's different extremes, but that we see these these two examples and one in in the the sorrow of what he did and the being overwhelmed by his, his circumstance decided there's no hope yeah. and I'm going to just end it all where well, yeah. there's no re, there's no redemption there and if we had, if you were to push through it and and face that truth that what he did was he did, he did the wrong thing but there's still no there's no sin too great for Jesus to cover and That's so right. So Peter goes to the cross and says, or goes to Jesus, or Jesus comes to him really and says, Hey, look, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, you did. You betrayed me. That's okay. I still love you. We're gonna push through this. There's still hope and we can still fix this. I think that's you know, when it when it comes to suicide and, and depression and all that kind of stuff, is there's hope in Christ and he can right. forgive any situation. There's nothing too great. And Jesus would have gone to Judas and said, Hey, look, <laughs> I love you. I forgive you. You know, still follow me. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I really I really believe that, especially for when it comes to depression and anxiety, that um, if we can train our minds to to grasp the hope that we have in Jesus, then you know that can help us overcome a lot of that. Now, I'm not I'm not denying chemical imbalances and medical causes for depression and anxiety, but I'm just saying that even with those, I think the if we can train our minds to embrace and our and our hearts to embrace the hope that we have in Jesus, that that really is a, is a significant help uh, when it comes to depression, anxiety, dealing with those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I went to a, a conference on or a little little study or whatever it was uh, on suicide and depression, and basically they were saying that the reason why people commit suicide is they have no they have no help and they have no hope. Yeah, and the re- right. reality is in Christ we both have the help and we have the hope, you know? And, um, so it's just one of those things where we just got to try to keep pushing through and keep pushing through and, and there's redemption. But why is it, John, why is it so hard to be, you know, Judas obviously ended it because he couldn't face, he couldn't face the truth of what he did. Yeah. And he had no hope maybe. And Peter was able to go and and actually converse with Christ and, and kind of get past that and, and do great things still here on earth. Um, why is it so hard for us to kind of embrace that truth and go to the cross essentially yeah. when we sin? Man, it's I, again. I think it, it all comes down to our worldview, our understanding of humanity, a fallen humanity, understanding ourselves in that sense, and really having a true view of ourselves. And then we, when we think that we're good. We start with the premise that that I am a good person. I was born good. I'm and 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 a lot of times we start to compare ourselves. Here's the problem with the comparison game: we compare ourselves either to the worst, and 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 we go, "Wow, I'm I'm really not as bad as that other person over there," or we compare ourselves to people and and we build them up in a way that we go, "We'll never measure up," right? And and 
And especially if we've compared ourselves to somebody that we think is worse, and then all of a sudden we do something that um, is as bad or worse than what they did, and now we failed in our own standards, and and we we have this view that I have failed, I can't live up, I can't uh, save, you know, accomplish my own salvation, et cetera, et cetera. And and the reality is, we should start with that. We should start with not not I'm a, not not with the position that there's nothing good about me. That's not the right place to start. Cause there's, we were created in the image of God. God. There's many good things about us. And we were created, a humanity was created to reflect him. Um, but because of the fall, we should, we should start with the fact, Hey, we, I am fallen. And I expect that the rest of my life, I will battle that. And I will do things that confirm my fallenness. In other words, I will sin. Um, now that doesn't mean I just accept it and I don't, I don't seek God and seek to reflect him and seek sanctification and those kinds of things. It just means, it just means that when I fall, I realize that I have also received the righteousness of Jesus. And that is where my hope is not in my ability to accomplish that by good deeds and things like that. And so I think, I think understanding uh, uh, the proper Christian biblical worldview is essential to dealing with all of those things. And, and when we have that, when we can see the world we live in and we can see it for what it is and ourselves for who we are as much as possible um, and recognize we're fallen people and recognize that it's not my, it's not my goodness that, that will save me, but it's Jesus righteousness that has been um, expiated to me. It's been given to me, and 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 that's what uh, it, my hope is in. Then, then all of a sudden, when I do fall, there's still redemption. And even if I might be experience sorrow and guilt and and those kinds of things, I can also look to the cross and know that I've received grace. I've experienced God's goodness and mercy, and I've received Christ's righteousness. And that's where my hope is. Yeah, it's like almost like before before we were saved. You know, the one the the one who realizes they need salvation goes, I'm here, which is okay, but I really need to be here. And so Christ immediately makes us there. And yeah. then now at that point, and then now, now our whole life, we're trying to, to live our best to honor and glorify God. And that's, that's the, the kind of the continual process um, to where he matures us and he grows us and he completes us. And t- it takes time to do that. And it never happens. I don't believe this side of eternity Right. Uh, we don't ever reach that perfection, but we're always constantly striving. He understands you're going to make mistakes. Right. And just come, just come to me. Let's talk about it. I'm okay with it. Let's talk about it and let's clean it up. If you, if you made a problem. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you, I don't like the language I'm, you know, where God says I'm okay with it. He's I not know, okay with it, but he's, but he's, he's, uh, he's given us, he's forgiven us. He's, he's offered redemption. Yeah. Yeah. So no, yeah. Um, when you talked about, and you talked about Judas betraying Jesus with a kiss, and then yeah. you talked about even the significance of Jesus being stripped down naked as he, you know, the, the humiliation, the shame that they knew they were doing. You know, in our minds, you know, we're, we're 2,000 years removed uh, approximately. So we look at and we go, well, what does that even mean? I mean, we just go, go right past it. You know, obviously, like the, the him being shamed, like nakedness, to us, just embarrassing. It doesn't mean anything beyond that. Yeah. But you, you talked about the importance of that in, in the context of, of those things, you know, us reading it back to or 2000 years later. Why is it so important to, to read a, a passage of scripture in context and to know the cultural um, significance of, of certain events? 
Yeah, I mean, it's always important to understand context, right? It's the same reason that when you say something and you get taken out of context and somebody says, oh, you know, Johnny said uh, whatever, and, and, and I'm sure that's happened. You've you stood in front of people and communicated enough that I'm sure you've been misquoted um, or you've been quoted correctly but out of context. That happens with our politicians all the time. It happens with anybody who gets up and, and, and says something in public. It happens all the time. And we get upset because we go, wait a minute. Yeah, I said that, but the context helps helps understand why I said that. And, and when you understand the context, it has a different meaning, right? So we go, you know, in our culture, and, and this was – true in, in to to in Roman culture as well there's a there's a, a and by our I don't mean mine Christian I mean our you know more secular culture like nakedness isn't even a big deal I mean uh it's it's um more it's just flaunted. embarrassing yeah it's flaunted everywhere and you know as far as I mean like you know I've used this in the past, uh, TV shows, whatever. I mean, it's even selfies that some people take and put in social media. It's about how sexy can I look or, you know, they're or whatever, or, you know, I'm going to wear these really revealing clothes and, and we see it, you know, when we could go to the mall, we can't right now, but you know, when we could and you walk, you're walking down the mall and you've got, um, whatever clothing company that, you know, people dressed in really revealing ways and, and uh, lingerie uh, stores and things like that. And so, so it's kind of like, well, whatever, it's just how it is. Um, But in Jewish culture, that was not at all. Okay. And so, so there was this, when they stripped Jesus naked, it wasn't just, Oh, I'm embarrassed because I don't look like a model kind of thing, you know, or whatever it was. It was, this is, um, dishonoring. It is, um, it is not something that is supposed to happen. And, and, you know, there's, there's different instances in scripture where, where, you know, nakedness was revealed or something and the way it's portrayed in, in, in the law, um, as, as not just an embarrassment, but, uh, it's despicable. It's not, it's not something that belongs anywhere. And so when you understand that context and then you go, Oh, they stripped Jesus naked. Now you go, Oh, wait a minute. He's Jewish. He, that's, that's the culture that he was in. The Jewish culture was, this is not just, Oh, that's slightly embarrassing. It made my cheeks turn red. It's, this is dishonoring to um, the way that God says we should treat our bodies and, um, and that kind of thing. And so I think when you understand those things, when you put, when you put things in context, it's always very important to understand the culture, the, the historical culture, the geographical uh, context, things like that to often help us understand the, the text better. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen situations and I've probably done this in my own life too, where I'll read a passage of scripture and go, Oh, that's, that's for me. Right there. That's <laughs> yeah. You, you know, read that, one verse, right? You need yeah, one, one verse. verse. Oh my like, goodness! Oh, that's yeah. that's that's what I'm building my life on this thing, and that God told me this thing, and and I just got, you just gotta be careful. I think to well, really see. What I'll sh- I'll share one of my favorite my favorite. Uh, Is it Jeremiah? Uh, no, but that's one too. Oh, that's that's a good one too. But uh, no, it's 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 in Psalm. Was it 46? I think. Is it uh, be still and know that I am God? Is that 46? Yeah. I've, I don't know for sure. I, know. I think it's Psalm 46. But anyways, the be still and know that I am God one. Um, uh, when you, and, and it, there's songs about it, like Christian artists, like will put, put in these songs about, you know, be still and know that I am God. And, and what they think that means is that I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to be, you know, I'm, I'm going to be away from people. Uh, I'm going to, I don't know, 
empty my mind or something. Self-isolate. So I'm going to self, yeah, I'm going to self-isolate. Yeah. Um, and, and they think that's what it means. That's not what it means at all. You know what it means? Do you, do you, I'm no. just curious. Do you? Okay. No, no. So, so here's the, the context is about. Stop nation. talking. No, it doesn't mean that. It yeah. really doesn't. It, um, the, the, the nations were warring. They were battling against each other. And then the psalmist says, be still. And that means stop fighting. Stop warring. That's what it's talking about. The be still isn't about me personally being still and trying to hear the voice of God or something. It's about, it's, it's, it's directing, it's directed against nations and, and against people that are warring against each other. And, and it's saying, stop that. Stop it. Stop, you know, be still, stop warring against each other. Yeah. That's what it means. So, you know, that's, I mean, that's another context thing where you under, you see, read the context. You're, oh, huh. I need to stop saying that, you know, the, all the t-shirts and stuff that have been made out of it. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, there's nothing bad about being still and knowing no. he's God, but is just one of those things where it's just not well, but get it from some other text because that's not what that text is saying. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. and I'm sure there's some somewhere that might say that. That's true. Um, John, we talked about we don't want to mock God, right? Yeah. Um, and in Galatians six, you talked about the fact that God cannot be mocked, but people clearly mock God. <laughs> so I think we're just there's a difference in probably uh, the definition of what being mocked is because obviously people can mock him. Yeah. But then God's saying that you cannot mock me. Yeah. So what's the difference? Well, let's just, let's just put it this way. We can short in a short term way, mock God, we can attempt to mock God. We can okay. say things that sound like we're mocking God and it might even sound, there might not even be an instant rebuttal to it. Right. Like I, a, a person can say, you know, you know, God is inept. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whatever. Like raise a, a fist to him. Yeah, like Dawkins said, you know, I talked about that Mr. Deity, Deity show and Dawkins, you know, went on there and basically said, we don't need God because we've got evolution and evolution explains everything. That's that's what, what basically what he said. And we can and 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 that show mocks God in a sense, but but those two guys in the end will pay. Yeah. God will be his justice will prevail. And they will, their knee will bow and their tongue con- will confess that he is Lord. And that may not happen moment. in the next five yeah. minutes, but when, when judgment comes, God will not be mocked. Yeah. That, so I guess that's what, the difference. I guess, I guess maybe mocking is, is the true, maybe the true definition is like, it will prevail. And the reality is, is no, it won't. Yeah. I'm yeah, still going to win. Yeah. And, and just so we're clear, evolution does not answer everything. And I, yeah, Dawkins is an interesting guy. He's, he's obviously a brilliant biologist. He's a terrible philosopher. And, and I honestly think that anybody. You can say that because you've read him. I'm sure you've read him. I, I have read Dawkins. Yeah. And I've listened yeah. to Dawkins. Um, I know I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to be reading, you know. No, it's August, good. I think it's somebody, but. But that's the thing is, that's what I'm, I'm pointing out is the fact that it's, it's almost ignorant to say he's not a good philosopher if you haven't read his stuff and you haven't listened to him speak. So you want to be able, you need to understand what their, what their, what their side is saying. That's right. And though I would not necessarily call myself a philosopher in the sense that I have, I am a professional philosopher. I have some philosophical training. 
Um, and my master's degree was in apologetics and it had a very strong f- philosophical emphasis in, in the apologetics set program I was in. So, so I've got some really good solid philosophical training. So I, so I would still call myself an amateur, but I'm a well-informed amateur. We'll just put it that way. But you read, but you read his, his, and I've read what, what he, he said. Yeah, he that's actually, what I'm saying. Yeah. He actually, in one of his books, it, it's interesting. One of his books, he actually says philosophy is dead, which is, which is the ultimate irony because you can't do science without philosophy. Science is actually a form of philosophy, but mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Interesting. It's okay. Yeah. To <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I look at, I look at, yeah, it's just, it's his, his life is sad. You know, you look at, he's had, had a, a terrible life. You know, obviously he had physically, mentally he was, he was, what do you mean? You know, he, uh, Doc Hawkins, he was a very intelligent man, but obviously he was, had a physical, you know, the build he was the, he was you know I think, he, wheelchair. I, think I think you're thinking of stephen hawking oh, who are you talking about okay dawkins richard dawkins oh okay yeah, yeah hawking right. was in a wheelchair and is dead now right you know yeah yeah he yeah, died not that long ago but um yeah anyways, same, it's kind of same situation too what do you mean or just his uh uh uh, his his critique, his mind. Oh mock. yeah, so, yeah. Stephen Hawking was. Yeah. yeah. Stephen Hawking said some ridiculous. He's a horrible philosopher too. He he said, was a horrible horrible philosopher. He said that nothing created the universe. I just want yeah. you to think about that statement. Have you ever heard of nothing doing anything? Yeah. Oh, he said nothing created. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Yeah, that's yeah. what he said. So, but when he says nothing, he doesn't mean nothing. That's that's mm-hmm. the big trick that some scientists try to pull over on you they say nothing but they really mean something so gotcha. they'll, they'll still start talking anyways it doesn't matter we'll, we'll move on we're well on. yeah yeah and that's the thing too like i want to be, even be careful as we talk about you know these other other potential people who mock god you know we, yeah. we still want to be respectful to them obviously and to some degree um yeah. i think maybe not that was leave me on my next question because elijah you know uh, mocked the, the gods of baal <laughs> he know? sure did and the prophet and the prophets of baal and yeah. um you know, I guess, is there a difference there? Should he have done that? You know, um, how do we handle, you know, people who, who we differ with, you know, do we, do we mock them? Do we, you know, I mean, I think we should be nice about it, you know, to to some degree, but maybe not always, maybe there's a a place for it. Yeah. I mean, I gotta be honest with you. So a couple things, a couple things that uh, I think are important here. One is this, that, um, we should not set out to mock people in a way that degrades their humanity but but you go back to Elijah and what he did I mean he he did he mocked the he mocked the Baals the gods right like oh maybe maybe your Baals are they're all going to the bathroom they can't answer your prayers right now maybe if you you know I mean he really he really made fun of in a very public way I do think there's a place for that. I, I've been re- I'm reading Revelation over and over again this this year. I'm on my fourth time through it right now. Um in 2020. And, and, and what I've noticed, it's interesting how, when you reread something, you start to notice some things that you maybe didn't notice before. And, and I'm amazed at, at, at how often revelation talks about conquering, conquering in a, and, a, and the imagery is, is battle. Like the, the one who conquers will be blessed and things like that. And, and, and I think that in some ways our Christianity has gotten soft. Should we all go out and seek to make fun of people? No. However, sometimes when we can take a belief that is false, that is wrong, and we can, we can take it to its extreme 
in, in order to prove you know, or follow, not to its extreme, but to its logical conclusion is a better way to put that, to its logical conclusion. And, and all of a sudden it looks ridiculous because we've taken it to its logical conclusion. That can be beneficial and, and can help people see how ridiculous that thing is. And so, so while I don't want to almost self mocks itself it, in some ways. Exactly. Exactly. And people, and, and it, even if it embarrasses one person because they believe that there might be 10 other people that are, and you should never seek out, set out to embarrass the person. But if something is ridiculous, it should be recognized as ridiculous. Does that make sense? It will, it will embarrass them yeah. on, its, on its own merit. And, and we've, we've got, I think we've gotten a little bit soft at times in our Christianity, but we're unwilling to take things to the logical conclusion and go, okay, if you want to, let's take your worldview, let's take it to its logical conclusion. Where does this lead you? And, and, and it's, and it's bad. And people look at, they don't want to look at it and go and, and go, wow, that really is bad because they believed it and they feel foolish and they feel embarrassed, but it's not because I've attacked the person I've attacked the belief. And if the person feels embarrassed for, for believing that, then maybe I can help them find something they won't feel embarrassed about, like Jesus. Yeah, yeah. That that kind of what kind of leads me to my last question to some degree is, is uh, I love I love the 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 movie. I love the line from the movie. Let's put it that way. Is you know I want the truth. Well, you can't. <laughs> you handle can't the handle truth. the truth, right? Yeah, yeah, you can't handle the truth. And the reality Great is, movie, A Few Good Men. It's a classic. It's old, but you should watch it. Johnny's. Oh old yeah. Too, so. Yeah, I'm old. I'm old. Uh, but the, the only way to defeat a lie is to confront it with truth. Yes, right. Um, so how do we do this yeah. when we can't handle the truth, John? <laughs> well, we don't like the truth a lot of times, right? In that mm-hmm. sense, in that sense, we don't want to handle the truth might be a more accurate statement. Of We, we don't want to face it because we're, we're happy in our delusion. We're, yeah. we're happy in the lies we tell ourselves until, until we can't tell them to ourselves anymore and we're confronted with reality. Or we're sick of telling them to ourselves. Yeah. And, and the reality is this, that, that, um, we get, uh, you know, I I've quoted this and I love this quote. I don't necessarily love the, the character of the man who said it, but I love this, this quote, uh, the great, uh, philosopher, Mike Tyson, you know, once said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face and reality has a way of punching us in the face. And that real and the reality that we will all face, every one of us will face this reality at some point. And that is this, that, that Jesus sits on the throne, that, that in the end he will judge us. And if we have not received his righteousness, our judgment will be to punishment, to eternal punishment. And if we have received the gift of grace that he has given us and, and, redeem, and, and he's redeemed us, then the judgment will be will be eternal salvation. And you don't have to like it, but that reality will punch us in the face at some, at some point. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But we like to lie, our, lie to ourselves and say we don't need that, but we do need that. And reality will punch us in the face, sometimes much sooner, right? And that's what, what we pray for. Um, and maybe, maybe reality is punching some people in the face right now and they're going, oh, wow, this 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 belief in, you know, my security, putting my security in my possessions, my bank accounts, my uh, own ability, my own tenacity, my own whatever. And all of a sudden we find out maybe it's the coronavirus. Maybe it's uh, all of a sudden our bank account 
is, you know, our, our stocks are taking a hit and our retirement's taking a hit and our security's gone and we lose our job, we lose our finances, we lose, we realize that no matter how hard we work, it, we're a moment away from all everything being taken away from us. But if we have Jesus, then then we have the most important thing that there is. And, yeah. and, and the eternal reality will never be taken away from us. John, aside from um, judgment, you know, there's, you know, that's definitely a reason why we want to yeah. uh, turn to Christ for sure. Um, but there's also a, a relationship piece. There's a, a love piece. There's a connection to the, the one who created you and who wants to, to love you and he wants you to worship him and love him. Um, isn't, isn't that another reason for us to, to, to find the need and, and we, we want to follow him and love him. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's not just, you know, God's not, and I and thank you for bringing that up, Johnny. It's, it's God's not sitting up there going, waiting to smite us. You know, that be, if you don't believe in Jesus. I'm going to smite you. That's not what is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead he created us for that loving relationship. That's what humanity was created for, but humanity rejected it. Um, and, and so when we, when we receive the free gift of salvation, we, we recognize God's grace and God's love for us. And, and we enter into that loving relationship with him. But, but it is because of Jesus sacrifice that we are able to enter back into that. And, and, and that is what we were created for and uh, a love of God, um, and, and receiving his love and, and giving our love to him. And that is where true joy and purpose and meaning is, is fulfilled ultimately. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, thanks for bringing that up, but that's, yeah, it's not just avoiding, avoiding hell or something. Um, it's much more in depth than that. It's like we, we receive that essentially that almost like that, that mentor piece in our life, the connection to the divine son of God who, who can show us, who could give us hope in the midst of darkness who can give us help and, and, and walks along with us and yeah. says, you know, as we encounter certain things, you know, yes, our sins are forgiven and we, we, we won't receive judgment anymore, but we also receive help and, and advice and, and counseling and love and mercy and grace. And, and our worldview just changes yeah. and everything's different. Yeah. The things that used to scare us don't scare us as much anymore or the things that we were afraid of or that we created anxiety yeah, they may they may reveal and and rear their ugly heads, but we can we can push them down and we can see things clearer. And uh, that's just the beauty of of, of following Jesus. So, yeah. uh, John, any uh, other additional resources you recommend? As we um, kind of- yeah, I mean, we covered so much material. I, I don't even know where to start. You know, I think um, you know one of the thing one of the application points on Sunday was was just the whole idea of of saying, hey, we need to. Um, we, we need to um, dig into God's word. You know, uh, we need, that's, that's where we find truth. And when we find truth, it confronts the lies in our lives. And, um, and, and I think that's ultimately important. You know, there is a little book. Uh, I think I mentioned it. I've mentioned it a couple somewhere. Um, Christ or chaos. I think that's a really good one. It's just, it's kind of an apologetics book, but it's about it's about Jesus and confronting ourselves with the truth and reality of Him, and um, and I think that that's a good one uh, to go to for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's so important. Scripture is so important. I know that sometimes I I will avoid Scripture because it's going to just cut me up and 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 reveal. It's like bringing a big old spotlight of truth 
into my life. And it's like, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to face that right now. And, and well, the reality is, is he begins to tear us, tear us apart and, and yeah. clean us out. And it's a beautiful thing. And that's our pride. And that's our pride, right? It's, it's our pride. And, and I don't want to be shown my faults because I want, I want to believe the lies that I've told myself and, yeah. um, you know, and, but we need, we need truth, man. We need, we need to know our faults. We need to reveal those things revealed so that we can be sanctified and, and, and our, our life can be brought into a place where it reflects closer reflects who Jesus is and what God originally created us to be. Yeah. So John, what's the big idea this week? Yeah. The big idea is this, the lies we tell ourselves don't diminish our need for Jesus. Thank you for joining us on the Grace Deep Dive podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll see you next week.